point i'm like a one of those brain injury patients <laughs> i feel like my brain's melting every time we do one of these intros you're someone who does a lot of diy but you cannot somebody get me a lobotomy pick. You're, you're the resident you are the exhausted it's resident my brain is so, my, my skull is sunk in on one He's side a nurse like, practitioner oh we're also okay so we're here with nurse practitioner zach say hi zach i don't think i'm qualified to even be a nurse <laughs> you give the sponge baths <laughs> Only to Those myself. Those are the CNAs. Those are the CNAs. Only to myself. Okay, and then we have a special guest today. Hello. Hello. Today we are going to do a deep dive. Deeper. Deep. 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 Dive. Too deep. deep dive. It's too deep. Get it out. Oh my god. Uh, we need that hospital. Okay. <laughs> a deep dive into. Leo, mm-hmm. Leoris, mm-hmm. the deepest he's ever been, the deepest he's ever going to get. So who who is he? What is he? Why is he? How is he? Does anybody ask you, Leo, how is he anymore? I'm going to lose sleep tonight with all these questions. Okay, <laughs> because, yeah, honestly, nobody asks how Leo's doing. <laughs> nobody asks how anybody's doing, usually. Yep. So you know you're fine, really. You are, in fact, not fine. Yeah, y'all are fucking having a fucking PTSD breakdown lately. Yep. You started it. Yeah, no, that's a good job. Yep. That's what I am. I'm the DM. I forgot. Usually, usually Leo is the one that's doing the deep dive into other people's characters, and because he, again, he uses a kind of like a coping mechanism to get away from his own trauma. So he's Sherlock. In a sense, I mean that's that's a good way of putting it, though. Yeah. Describing man explains, man slaughters his way out the problem. It, yep. Today's true deep dive is Leo misogynist. Wow. <laughs> Answer that for you. The answer is probably yes. Aww. That's unfortunate. It's just a matter of whether you live or not to tell that tale. <laughs> yeah, the choices matter. Leo's, you, you're an open book, and you could go either direction. Yes. Leo's popularity vaches when <laughs> just started. So, too. who is Leo? Leoris is a. What can you say about Leoris? Well, Leoris. what what yeah. is his class and what well, yeah, is just, his race? We'll start with the basics. Yeah, basics. so the, the basics of it is Leoris is a wood elf rogue. Um, he's about I think we decipher he's about 120 years old. So he's he's seen a few lifetimes. But he's also pretty young. He's also in, he's in, in terms of being an elf. being an elf. Yes, yes. he's young for his age. Um, but, but he's seen but he's also seen a lot of like human lifetimes because a lot of times people live anywhere between 60 and 100 yes. so mm-hmm. depending in terms of the group as a whole he's definitely seen a lot more than many of the people in, in our campaign um which is probably why a lot of times he tries to help dissect some of their problems because not only can he lend a hand to it but how can he learn from it himself and that's basically the gist of how i created the character was how can i create someone that's Potentially scarred and traumatized, but at the same time, he wants to try to be better and learn from it. I think that's also an interesting statement because 
that speaks to his perspective of things. Yes. Of he's like, oh, I've been through all this stuff. Yep. Mine has to be worse. Yeah. But as you go along, you're going to find out, like, everybody's got their bag of shit that that they've dealt with. And so it's interpreting, oh, how do I unpack that and what does that do to our relationship now that I know that you've been through your own hell? It's realizing that while you are a victim, you are not the only victim. Right. Yeah. yeah. So you can't... That's kinda, it's, it's like coming to the realization that you can't use it as an excuse for stuff, even to yourself. And that's where that turn has started to really happen to him. I'd say probably the last 10 or 12 campaign episodes that we've had, where he's mm-hmm. starting to recognize that these people in this campaign actually legitimately might care what happens to him. Mm-hmm. Um, and mm-hmm. he's recognizing when he's sitting down with them that they also have been through a lot. So it's I don't care. The common goal. I mean, <laughs> Mel doesn't care. Sith <laughs> roll, we don't know yet. The wife, not so much. The character, she cares a lot. <laughs> so I'm curious, since we're starting with, with the beginning of it. Yeah. So now we know Leo's first name. You did give him a last name, I believe. Lewis Duskfall. Yeah, Duskfall. That's his full name. It sounds like a warrior's like. Remember the Cat Book Warriors, that series? Did you ever read that series, Amy? No. No? Damn it. It sounds like a warrior's just name. just makes me think of, like, the random name generator for Skyrim. Oh, a little bit, a yeah. A little bit. It's, like, but, right in that range. So, Leoris Duskfall, yeah. and I'm curious, from the name, where did you start? How how did you create this character? What headspace where was he were you in? Yeah. Oh, for the, as far as the name goes, as most D&D characters, uh, name generators is always a good thing. Yeah. Um, but I kind of had an idea about, in my head, what I wanted him to look like and what that name might translate to with that look. I always had it in my head that I kind of wanted him to look very Viking-esque, very Assassin's Creed with his outfit. Mm-hmm. And how can I kind of tie that into someone that's lived out in the forest their entire life? Um so that's kind of where it started. Um, and then I started thinking about, like, okay, well, how did he go about it? Um, where did some of his scarring come from? What happened to the people that he... How can I get him to point A to point B to start the what campaign? What trauma can I give this blow yes. with, with, <laughs> with it sounding realistic, because that's something yeah. I've learned as we've continued to create more characters... Yeah, you're a level three character and you somehow managed to do all these things in your backstory. That doesn't make sense. So I thought yeah. realistically in the hundred realistically in the hundred and twenty years that he's existed in this world, what could have possibly happened to him in that time frame that he could learn from? Um, what happened to his tribe? Why is he the way he is right now? Why is he a loner? Who is who has he traveled with in the How did meantime? He get his weapon? Exactly. So that's the key thing. And that's those that's the other piece of it. So I knew what I wanted him to look like, and I also kind of had an idea about the weapon that I wanted him mm-hmm. there. And you were the you were the one that kind of helped me understand that you can make a weapon sentient in a DD campaign, which I didn't mm-hmm. I didn't realize that. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, well, that coincides with what I want him to do then, because I want something that physically in his head talks to him yeah and it was yeah yeah in a way it was um it was very how do i put it 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 was a way to bridge connections so like yeah we wanted something special to him that suited his background but like you said getting from a to b how do you do that yeah well I mean, go ahead and, and you can tell us a little bit about your backstory without giving away 
too many details. Yeah, I mean, I mean, because I, that really lends itself to why we sure I, you created and I helped you create some of these aspects of Leo. Right. I mean, it's a kind of an overhead summary. I mean, even I've even kind of shared this with some of the characters in campaign where. Leo's weapon essentially is forged because it takes on a form of revenge, a sentient form of revenge. Um, when he was young, he was reckless, and the members of his tribe were actually slaughtered due to his mistake and not covering his own tracks and finishing finishing a job. And because of that, he paid the price for it, and he hasn't seen his family probably in 65, 70 years. Mm-hmm. And in that time frame, this weapon, this weapon that he bears... Was used to take revenge on the people that took his family from him, and in that moment, that's where that is. It's grown stronger since then, and now it's gotten to the point where he's used it so often through bloodlust that it actually starts to talk to him, and we start to learn now that this thing actually has another motive to it, and it's not only just feeding, but it wants to, it wants to live, mm-hmm. it wants to become part of the world, and so it's. Essentially, we're getting to a point now where he might be forming a pact with it now. Yeah, that actually led us to our most recent episode where we ended with you guys leveling up to level seven, which gives you the chance Mm -hmm. to multiclass into Warlock with this weapon being your patron, which is a nice way of handling it. Because uh, if those out there listen to the pot or the campaign, you guys already kind of know that uh, Lingvite is a warlock. Yeah. But his patron and situation is very different. Yeah. Your patron is in your possession. Yes. You know, so it's a very different kind of bond right. and relation, especially because it's immediate. You know, it's not some entity from afar trying to, like, you know, cloud your perspective right. and, and morals. It It's kind of like a wild animal. It, right. it, it wants to survive. Right. And it's bound to you. Right. You know? And there's that constant tension back and forth of understanding animal hunger versus what can I control? And then it's... there's Adding those morality to it. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And so it's kind of that constant tug. And so the common ground is, well, how can we become powerful together? How can we make mm-hmm. it work? I can feed you as much as you want, but you have to play by my rules kind of thing. Yeah. Um, that kind of goes into one of the questions I wrote down yeah. with Mel. Um there was a point where you stopped using him, yeah. like pointedly. Yes. And then you went back to using him. So what caused Leo to switch back to sheath him and put him away? Yeah. And then what caused him to bring him back out and actually like start to build that relationship again? So there was a moment where I believe it was the dinosaur episode where the uh, the blade wanted him to slaughter this animal to. In, in his words, kind of put it out of its misery, but also to take its power. The one we were crying over. Right. And it matches with Leo's backstory because it's essentially making him relive his trauma. His whole story starts because there's a bugbear that's in the forest, and it is left to die by these hunters because it had a poisoned arrow stuck in it, and it was suffering. And so that was the whole reason. That's where his feeling of helplessness began, was when he was a boy. Mm -hmm. And so the blades essentially promised him power, but now it's making him relive that same trauma over again. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of that yeah. th- that feeling of parting of ways where I, if we have to draw a line here, otherwise we can't continue this. Mm-hmm. You're not going to get what you want if I can't get what I want. 
Yeah, it was it was one of those things where you started to realize that it could engulf you yeah. rather than be a a like mutual situation. Mutual so, benefit. Yeah. Because that had been right after yeah. the house. Yes. When I tried to stop you. From beheading the, the old woman. At least in front well, of me. Yeah. But but it did cause tension and then yeah. that would have caused even more tension if you went for something that we were clearly like grieving over right. and trying mm-hmm. to fix. And there was also the knolls between those two yes. situations too, when he couldn't be there for a session, so he yeah. came back to the bloodlust having take taken him over and waking up to They're like six knolls just fucking dead in front of him. Yeah. And he was like the hunting Oh yeah. what did what did you do? Were those yeah. the same were those the like, same knolls that just kind of went yeah. on the map? Yeah. No, that that one that is the only knoll of the entire encounter that survived. That's the, that, it did that because it was running away from him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was really funny. The it's other ones up top moment. were the ones that were the scouting party for food, and they they got. More and plus, for to answer your the other part of your question, the st- for the story purpose of it, we ran into a couple of enemies that were met were. What's the word I'm looking for? I can only hit them with a magic item. Oh yeah. So I was really kind of a moment of desperation where okay, I really have no other choice. Like. Mm-hmm. I yeah. have to try to make this work. Otherwise, yeah, otherwise I, I had to use yeah, my dagger. It's harder yes. for you. Yes. Because yeah. yeah. I couldn't do anything else. I would run out of spell slots for attack things, and I couldn't hit it with my with my arrow. So I had to make a choice. And his, yeah. whole, his whole deal is he wants a couple things. He wants to keep people safe. He never wants to feel powerless. And that's kind of his gist. That's his one rule is how can I go about going forward without ever feeling powerless again? Want the power to protect. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, I've kind of hinted it here and there. His goal is to really kind of find his siblings, because he knows they're still out there somewhere. He just has no means of being able to find them. Mm-hmm. Right. And in this pact, he might gain the ability to do so. Yeah, and that's why, like, I, I, I take a lot of these little things that you guys give me and make them into things that are adjacent to give... Kind of meaning behind and purpose behind the the concept side and then having a mechanical side. So one of the things prior to Sinister having a name even and just being a magic scythe or sickle at the time was um, it always had the capability that if it struck something's blood... He gained the ability within 120 feet. He knew exactly where it was, magically. We had tested that, So he could track it. Yeah, we tested that because that was also when we were testing um, my ability to catch things. Yep. And the whole idea was that stemmed from, I have the ability because of the revenge and the blood, but also I have a desire to find. Yeah. And so it's those things combined, but with limitations on it can only do so much Mm -hmm. right now. And so that lent itself to an ability that he could kind of utilize and build up over the time. Track. And it's up to you and Leo to maybe turn that into something eventually that might help you in one of your goals. Right. So. I want to know, who were your main inspirations in the creation of Leo? That's a good question. I have yeah. some yeah. ideas, but I want to hear them from you. There's Not a couple. Sean there was, so there was a little, no, that's no. my campaign. No, so there was a couple. There was a couple things that actually came to mind for me. I think of two people. I think of of all things. I think of Ragnar Lothbrok. Mm-hmm. So I think very mm-hmm. Viking. He's a mm-hmm. he's a Viking mythical legend. Okay. And I also think of Loki because I I wanted the magical trickster element to him. Yeah. And he so, definitely started off more trickstery. Yes. 
Well, yeah. and that's because that's the subclass of rogue that you are. Right. And that's why you have a little bit of wizard magic. Yes. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of something we're going to we'll dive into as I transition here is there's another part of Leo's story. I kind of hinted it at the beginning, but we've never had a chance to really trace back to it. He's got that tattoo on the bottom part of his lip that it's a thieves guild that he mm. took part in. That's right. Um, that's kind of what he's been doing in the in between here. He that's mm-hmm. that became kind of his new family. Like Fifty years or something. Yes, yeah. so that he could kind of refine himself, but also punish himself in a way. Um, you are missing yeah. one inspiration. What's that? The voice. Well, the voice. I I thought, how can I? What What's the ultimate trickster? So I thought Mark Hamill's Joker. Mm-hmm. That was, that See, was, I knew Ragnar yeah. and I knew Joker. Those yeah. were the two that... The voice is Miss Mark Hamill's Joker. Well, your interpretation of Mark Hamill's Joker. <laughs> as yeah. much as you can do without being Mark Hamill. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Only Troy Baker can be Mark Hamill. Right. But yeah, those are probably the three char- or three characters or people that I think of when how would I want to build Leo. And that was probably my three Well, and you also took Ragnar's wife as your... Whatever she is, yeah, Lagatha is also a, she's the legendary Viking shield maiden of their mm-hmm. mythology. The, mi- the minute you said I, I've got you, Lagatha. I, I looked at you as like you son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good question, though. Um, but so that's in the character. What about the inspirations for his story? What because everybody draws yeah. inspiration, ideas, from ideas, and yeah. inspiration. There from was so, so ironically the idea of revenge and the specifically the whole thing with the bear. I actually thought of from a Wolverine comic that I really enjoyed oh. when I was a kid. I thought it would be Twilight, yeah. <laughs> but um, but that was that was kind of it was a it was a really th- really key thing that always just kind of poked out to me in terms of Wolverine's character and just his love in a. I mean, he always had a bloodlust, but at the same time, there was always a purpose behind it. And like in his mind, he was always kind of part animal. Yeah, he, he definitely um, had like soldier's motive. Soldier's motive, right? He always yeah. the, the tunnel vision, and so that's kind of where I was thinking of in terms for that for the revenge part of the backstory was the tunnel vision, seeking a goal, seeking redemption. Um, yeah, and I think that makes sense. I, I, I think it's okay to talk, because some of your background isn't things that will be, like, revealing mm-hmm. to the party. Mm-hmm. So go ahead and tell us a little bit more about prior to the trauma piece. Mm-hmm. What was Leo? What 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 was he doing and why? You know, because that leads to some of his personality and, right. in, in that kind of relation. So in, in his particular tribe, and I was just kind of doing research on, you know, backstories for wood elves and doing research on, you know, what their culture is like. So they could do one of two things. They either farm, they, right, party, um, they either farm or they hunt. And so um, in kind of a coming of age type of deal, he was always wanting to prove himself more and more. Um, and somehow he became more so different from the rest of his family by having the ability to conjure magic which he was really kind of always, in my mind, from the story I wrote, he was deterred from using that because it wasn't natural to their kind. How um, many siblings did he have? There's two. Two. Okay. Yeah. Brothers, sisters. He has, one, he has one older brother and one younger sister. Makes sense. Okay. Yeah. And um, <coughs> He is a middle child. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, yeah, I, I, was, I was curious based on, because of the whole coming-of-age aspect of it, it's like, yeah. okay, then... Wanting to prove himself. Getting in a more understanding of the the headspace of being you know which child in the lineup because right. then you either have all of it to prove or you're the first to go right so you're like cocky about it so because middle child or you don't makes, have to prove jack shit because middle, you're the youngest 
His, his, I got it all to prove. His brother, you be more like your sister. His brother was rising quickly in ranks of becoming like war chief or, you know, just like the the, yeah. the prime leader of the pack type of thing. He was the golden child. He was the golden child. Exactly so what they wanted. That was kind of what Leoris wanted to work himself into the picture Oh, for. God, I you're can, Aemond. Yeah, I can prove. I mean, the sense. You're Aemond Targaryen. Yeah, so I mean, the, the rage had to start from somewhere. It's and, just middle child syndrome. The entirety mm-hmm. yeah. of his. Are you going to go murder yeah. your half sister's youngest child, second <laughs> oldest child, her middle child? I love how she's tying all the tying all these pop culture events together to how I might yeah, have resonated know. this character. Well, Aemon came after technically for you. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have something really fast, or because I have a couple? I, mean, I have a few things. Yeah, go ahead. Um, it's your turn. I think. <laughs> oh, I didn't know we were taking turns. No, I was gonna. You had mentioned that, that, um, that one of your goals Mm -hmm. is, um, finding your siblings. So that, that would be one thing. But currently, you're on this adventure Mm -hmm. that is seemingly dangerous. Mm -hmm. In comparison to that, what are like, what are a few of Leo's goals and dreams to achieve out of, the reasoning behind even going on this and putting himself in this danger. Well, yeah, and like place. what what has what in your path has changed now yeah. that you've been with this group for how long have we been technically uh, traveling? We've been about a month. Together. Okay, so not as yeah. long as I thought. Mm-hmm. A longer than a month because we've taken a lot of long rests mm-hmm. for for being. Yeah, but you can take multiple long rests even in a day. True. It's just when you take them, really. So right now, you guys are about at about a month. 33-ish days-ish. Okay, I'd have to count them exactly, but it it's in that realm. Jesus, oh, you actually keep track of that shit? A little bit, yeah. He has to, yeah. He has to. Because I, I, I also have stuff. to know the amount of time it takes to travel to certain places. And it takes about a week to get to the outpost, uh, Dry Watch Outpost, which is near Echo's home. It's another day travel to Echo's home. So you guys going through the mountains took about uh, nine days to get there. That was just half of the trip. Got it. Okay. Getting yeah, there. he had he has to know the, the distance for all the towns and the, the outposts because of trade. Yeah. And getting supplies and stuff. Because mm-hmm. I have to travel those constantly. And, yeah, well, and a number of you guys would that stuff would actually relate, because like yeah. Leo at Echo, they're the most traveled yeah. of the two. So they the have least. the actual <laughs> knowledge of what's the lay of the land? Definitely How do I it. traverse it and whatnot, you yeah. know? It's a little otherworldly. So yeah. So yeah, to the back to his question. The, the question was what what inspired Leo to go on this trek in the first place. That and what well, is his what motivation was, yeah. still going yeah. like yeah. To, for him to keep going? So, and what's changed at the start yeah. and what's changed? Yeah. So in the, because I mean as we've talked about and he's been with the thieves guild this whole time, something eventually has to give when the entire world around you is clearly being affected. And so his whole goal was to be a part of something that was much bigger than himself. And he felt, in a way, this could be his chance to redeem for past mistakes that he might have been selfish about. So he has something to prove. Exactly. As he always has. That's kind of his whole gist, is he's always felt the need to prove something. And he's done just being a petty thief. He wants to be a part of something that could potentially save a lot of lives, and in his own mind, kind of in penance, save or redeem the ones that he caused to lose theirs in his past. Mm-hmm. Um, so that would probably be the biggest thing. And, and as far as what's in front of him, keeping the people in this party safe. 
That's okay. that, especially now that he's forming those connections with him, with, with them, that's probably the biggest thing that's in front of him right now. I think that makes sense for his intentions. I do have one more follow-up question that actually relates to this then. Um, given his intentions, his motivations, and his kind of trajectory and goals, um, based on those, what um, what would Leo, what one thing would Leo do that would force him to give up those? In what way, like, um, if he had to make a choice on something, yeah. what would be that one thing that he would give up his goals for? Love is the sweetest thing. Love. I think, I think that initially, if you would have asked me that question, maybe in the beginning, I would have said the ultimate form of revenge, but he's kind of moving past that point now. I would say if he has the ability to pick up and move and have the chance to save his siblings, even if that kind of puts the party in danger potentially, that might be something he thinks that he, he contemplates on. Okay. Like if they come across them or whatnot. Yeah. Um, again, that's kind of a conflict of interest. Do you keep the party safe or do you... Well, that, that turns into the trolley problem. Yeah. You know, it's like everyone says, oh, they'll figure out right. how to save cheat one. the system to yeah. save everyone. It's like, you might not be able to. You yeah. might have to pick yeah. which family. Yeah. Well, the other thing, too, I thought of when I asked... when you I was... blame the engineer for the bricks, by the way. That's, that's right. the answer. That's, yeah. right. that's the correct that, that, answer. That's the correct answer. That's the logical answer. <laughs> yeah. The specific thing that I was thinking of in regards to the question was a little more in line of, like, Leo's, what seemed like a sacrifice when he released Sithril from the Roper, but left uh, himself there. Yeah. So if dope. you died, that's your dreams and goals gone, right. because you're dead. But at the same token, in that moment, I'm fine. I've changed. Yeah, I've I'm redeeming myself. I'm thinking about someone far more important than myself. Because if she lives, the rest of the party gets to live. <laughs> if she dies, none of us get to live. See, and I think that's important. So that's not all. That's, that's an not, interesting yeah. balance. Diamond on your neck. Because like he's willing to like put aside <laughs> his life for other people, but also he has this goal to yeah. be like I have to prove myself. Yeah. And and so then it turns in almost a martyr situation. Yeah. It it could be in a way. Because, I mean, in that moment, because what sinister gets the short end of the stick if Leo doesn't live? Yeah. Definitely he probably gets buried. Into barter syndrome. Yeah, right. Suicidal ideation. Right. Mm. And so, yeah, and that's, that's kind of what it is. I mean, at least in my opinion, that's the way it kind of, that's how I processed it in that moment. And, it, and also in terms of log, logistically as a warrior, he's going to realize, hey, the cleric has to live. It's the smartest plan in order for the mission to succeed. Because again, he's still he's still in soldier mode. Yeah, the, you look at me he's a little more strategic. Well, no, because you, cause <laughs> no, you know, yeah, know, mentioned the good soldier thing. So, so, so he understands that the mission still has to be carried out, even if I'm gone. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. Um. So then, with that being that kind of this kind of goes into it, what is the driving force behind Leo's decision making in any situation? It is that redemption, I think, most of all at this point. That's proving yourself, right. Survival and redemption. Before, it was bloodlust. Again, if you would have asked me that question at the beginning, it was true. Because you saw how insane he was. Like, you guys even, you even said you had safety protocols in place in case, in case he went off the rails. You each oh, had, my God, yeah. And you, I love that we did. all you did. You each had something. We all did, without talking to each other, but we were all in full silent agreement without saying yes. anything of just... 
He will be the first to go. <laughs> and, and this is kind of a full circle thing for the first question you guys asked me was what was the inspiration? To this point, any if you think about it, any character I've played thus far has always kind of been like a kind of a goody goody. And I wanted something that was a little bit more complicated at this point. I wanted something that was yeah, gonna, okay with that. I wanted something that was gonna put the party on edge. And yeah. how am I how are they gonna figure out what side I'm on if I can't? So that was the, that's I, I, again going back to that trickster joker aspect of it. I wanted to be that's, unpredictable. That's definitely either neutral or chaotic. Yes. It's chaotic, but uh, but yeah. evil. Oh, evil! Because evil. Be the whole thing is, uh, evil doesn't necessarily mean you want to rule the world. Right. It means your motivations yeah. are inherently selfish. Yep. Yeah. And that's what yours are. Like you that's could be striving to give back. Yeah. But the way you're doing it is incredibly self-serving and it's the motivation is corrupt because it is about you feeling good overall it's not about the people you're helping and that's the quote-unquote evil aspect yeah so yeah that's why i've always clocked him as at least neutral evil yeah and then you always have to always i remember when i brought that up because you said he was true neutral like echo and i'm like i don't know about that (laughs) you you have motivation yeah echo at that point was just taking jobs yeah so yeah, it was. Yeah. It's definitely which is much more lawful. Like that's yeah. just I'm following it to what I've been paid to do, you know. But not even that because she did not give back everything she was supposed to. Yeah. No. Yeah, but still kind of. Yeah, she in is, the... and her hers was a true neutral because she was learning, and it was just always going back to a base point of well, what now? Yours is definitely started off as natural evil yes. and you've you've definitely gone up and you've gone down yeah so yeah you're you've been you've been a roller coaster yep. and i don't think i don't foresee you ever fully settling right well and he's Except also maybe still on that because even if you you are aspiring to do good and you do stick with it and you do try to stick with the best outcome for everything it is about your own redemption yep and so that is the inherent End goal. End goal is yeah. to redeem yourself above all else. I think it's a little interesting too because he's a bit out of his element here as well. Like he not he previously wasn't an adventurer. Yeah. He was a hunter yep. and then a survivor yep. and then a, a refugee yep. and then a thief yep. and now an adventurer. Yeah, he was yep. in the trees so, and now he's in caves and he's like, there's no greenery here. Right. So because he right. spent so much time as a thief, though, that's more his element. So maybe some of that more selfishness and stuff and morally negative the side of things the all over might him. come out once he gets oh, back to that element. Having to be You're more so independent. Disney. Yeah. Because yeah. again, he's a survivor. Yeah. yeah. But now you also have reason behind it to have um, like resources, of, yeah. like options available, yes. you know, which is an interesting to have right. because a lot Obviously of you guys in your background have very specific things. He has a faction as a resource. So <coughs> you no. can't just quote the <laughs> we have the subliminal messaging here <laughs> watch Thief and the Cobbler everyone it's amazing um, whichever version amazing is maybe yes. not the right word so acid fun. trip is yes. better, absolutely is a better um, if you can be on drugs while you watch it even better so Amy <laughs> with his with Leo's progression mm-hmm. as a character mm-hmm. what did he think of the people in the party at the beginning, and what does he think of them currently? Well, thanks for just taking my fucking question, bitch. Yeah, you, you get that <laughs> special one at the end. Oh, <laughs> uh, I do, thanks. Yes. 
I think that initially um, he kind of was starting to bond with Brachus initially because I mean again fellow warrior someone who's been through the front lines of things he was uncertain about Echo but I think he's he said, everyone is but I think he, <laughs> but I was uncertain about Echo but I think as he but I think he's pro- as he's progressed honestly I think Echo's the one he's bonded with the most well, if you showed up relatable. looking like that yeah. you'd be concerned <laughs> <I> too <laughs> you'd be like oh a child a child <laughs> what is wrong with that child I remember in my episode my deep dive um you expressed how shocked you were at her actual age. I thought like, she was younger. Yeah, you thought she was like a kid, like yeah. like a child. And yeah. I'm like, no, nah, she's like college. Yeah, but you also, I mean, you also made the point though that like essentially she kind of had to relearn how to do everything too. Mm-hmm. So she's she, yeah, but she is past that point by the time you guys yeah. meet her. But she still had that. She has a child's she curiosity, was playing that naivety at the beginning to right. clock all of you guys, right? Um, but yeah, so I was. You know, what did he think of Sithril at the beginning and what did, what does he think of her now and things like that. So Sithril He wants to fuck her. Who? <laughs> <laughs> Not the child, that's for sure. <laughs> Sithril, um another one he was oh. really kind of uncertain about and he's still trying he's still trying to break through to you. You never fucking will, bitch. And so I think that was kind of yeah, goes one moment where he, he softened yeah. you and that was saving you from the roper and then everything else after that yep. you went, fuck everything life because <laughs> yeah. he's he picks he picks at you you know he, he he sees everything you're doing and but it's a matter of whether you let him in and he knows eventually there's gonna come a time where you have to let someone in well now i'm just gonna do it as fight um <laughs> that's called death metagame by and again this is leave that in the pocket this is in terms of leo thinking of ling by yeah. he's thinking Initially, he's like, "What is this bookworm doing?" No. On our All of us were like, "Oh, for- Be- hello!" Be- because he didn't see him again. Because he's coming from a culture where he's very self reliant, and he's yeah. like, "There's no way that I'm get- that this guy's going to be able to take care of himself." Then he started seeing that other side of him, and now it's more so his ability. Oh, he's yeah. a fucking because he's even questioned him. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, is. no, no. Lingvi is our fucking. Silent assassin. Because he's even like, tr- and I mean that true. He'll literally just be reading a book and be like, "Hey, we're fighting these guys." He's like, "Oh, sorry, hunger of Hadar. They're well, all dead." And it's just it's like, also what? the the idea of like, I'm scared of things. I'm a uh, germaphobe, but also I'll straight up murder somebody in front of you. Like it's yeah. that dissonance of like you went to a hundred percent in zero seconds. He's right. got an uwu mask. <laughs> but he's also used Blingby as kind of a uh, as kind of a measuring stick as to That's in good. terms of learning. Like yeah. so, he's questioned him like on the side. He hasn't really brought up what's going on with him, but he kind of brings it up. Like, have you ever seen anything like this before? Yeah, um, or heard of something like Take this? Take advantage of his education. Exactly. Yeah, like you, you know, he to help might myself have understand. Yeah. 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 Because clearly something's going on with him as well, and... He can do fun stuff. I want fun stuff. Right. Because, I mean, he sees power. That's yeah. what that's what Leo sees. He sees that power. Seven and he, it. And I, he go, he, in his mind, I have something that might be similar that I can tap into. How can yeah. I har- How can I harness that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that's an interesting interpretation. Um, I'm curious... This is a tangent, but because um, we can thing? continue Everything what is. his relationship is with um, Brachus. Mm-hmm. But I, I did want to ask. Um, oh, no, I lost my tangent. 
My tangent train. Well, let me kind of help be a bookmark with it. The As far as with Baracus, where it kind of started to stray a bit was the more religious side with Baracus. Mm-hmm. Because, again, being self-reliant and independent, Leo doesn't necessarily believe in any type of a god. He only mm-hmm. believes in what he can witness and see, nature. Yeah. So for Baracus to be so reliant upon a god or a deity and willingly so exactly he sees that as leo sees that as a possible distraction and you're yeah. basing your decisions off of somebody else and he just he doesn't live that way so that's where it kind mm-hmm. of strays a little bit that he tries to be a little bit more about the here and now which is why sometimes he'll step in and defends you know say it's echo or somebody in the party if Barak is giving them a hard time because yeah, it might seem like something that's short-sighted in that moment, but you got to remember that we're all kind of, we're living. Surviving. Exactly. We're all making choices. Yeah. And as a group, yes, we have to accept the consequences of those choices. Mm-hmm. But you can't call everybody out on that. Yeah, that makes sense. Especially after the fact, if you don't offer up any alternatives. Exactly. It's a very forceful, and again, it goes back to the religion thing. It's, yeah. He's very forceful in his approach because of that. Mm-hmm. And again, Leo's tries to be in the gray as much as he can because... Fifty Shades of it? Well then. He, again, because it goes back to the survivor thing. Sometimes he's had to be a man of many faces. And so yeah. he has to put on a bunch of different faces and facades. Mm-hmm. So where do you find that line with people? Yeah. I well, thought... Um, one thing that was interesting that you mentioned was a an in, interesting parallel because you had mentioned that he sees Lingvai as a way to uh, interpret the arcane yep. and and possibly grow, especially in unison with learning that he can grow because of Sinister yep. and forging that kind of pact. Yep. And so it's funny that you have a thematic way of, of projecting that yeah. because... Originally, the whole purpose for Sinister being the way it is and you going the route you did was because you wanted more magic. You were like, the rogue's fun, but how do I expand the magic part? And I was like, well, technically being a trickster rogue limits you to have some wizard spells because you're not a full wizard. So you could go these routes. And so it happened to be Warlock suited the best of the situation thematically. Yes. And so now it's just you get to choose a subclass of warlock that suits, you know, having this very closely, you know, in relation yes. patron, like on your hip. Right. So it's an very interesting way to explain it in right. in game. And I just I always again just any character I've created because no, I've very sharp. Because I've gone many different routes. And I think one of the questions you've asked me before, Amy, was what was my least favorite that I I played before and it was Barbarian because I didn't like how repetitive it felt. Even hmm. with the with the raging and the different levels you have with that, I like more options. I like to have that theatrical approach with it. With what does your spell look like? Or having yeah. the options to cast. You also those got things. sick and tired of fucking up your attack spell, so you didn't. You wanted it to be on the DM's side and not yours. That was the big thing you said. Well, yeah. So, I mean, like, I got tired of... Because, like, again, you can go in <laughs> sessions, and this is any player's frustration. You can have sessions where, especially if it's repetitive like that, and you're rolling bad the shitty. entire session, there's nothing else I can do. And I just... I like having a... That's what led to my downfall in the last one. Right. Yeah. And it's... Yeah. it's That's just kind of the way I, I wanted to have variety. And that's... I, I feel it helps me better with storytelling if I have that, that magic element to it. And... Yeah. I, I, like I said, it, it's like that with any any uh, 
realm of ga- video gaming that I, I love that aspect of sky of, yeah of skyrim or anything else like that yeah i, I think it's kind of interesting too because like you had mentioned that he's a bit of an outlier compared to the rest of his tribe and stuff mm-hmm. and that's more so because not because magic is so different but because most of his tribe's magic stems from druidic magic yes so because it's that more nature-based yep. magic and living in nature and where your tribe was living off the land yep. your magic was very different yes. it was arcane so it didn't have the same purposes and influences and now you're going a step even further with warlock yeah where now it's otherworldly feeling yes you know and it's borrowed yeah yes and like you said otherworldly is kind of what he's again that ultimate how can i reach that next ultimate level of power that somebody that i grew up around may never even witness something like that before because we're we were such a simple people i guess is kind of what he's always thinking and what could i have done to prevent that if i if i had the the ability Mm -hmm. to do so i never want someone i never want some young boy to feel like that ever again type of thing yeah that makes sense so i mostly have fun questions now that's fine um so do you have any more deep dive into the psyche no, not really. We touched upon everything I wanted yeah. to talk about. Cool. Circled out really well. Sweet. So if Leo was a pizza <laughs> topping, <laughs> what would he be? Okay. We had pizza for dinner before we started yeah. recording. Um, it was on the brain. It's on the brain. I'm trying to think of a topping that... In the gut. Honestly, I mean, you're thinking about... Seem to be in the poopa. In the butt. <laughs> Honestly, I'm thinking of some type of pepper. Just because, like, pepperoni, 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 and specifically because, or sport pepper. There's a lot of different aspects of a pepperoni. Like, you never know what you're going to get with one. You don't know whether it's going to be hot or sweet. It's hard on the outside, but essentially kind of hollow on the inside. Um, (laughs) No, the hollow part. (laughs) Yeah. Then you can ask the second question. That makes sense. Spicy and hollow. (laughs) Um. So then also, what was a fun scene to play slash role play that, I know that says stuck, but it looks like it said stunk, <laughs> that stuck with you? Ooh, that is a good one. Yeah, yeah, like, what was your most memorable moment yeah. as Leo? I mean, so this like, is... Whether it was, like, based around you, or it was combat, or yeah. someone else's, like, anything that, like, just really stuck with you. Specifically, I mean, I, for, because just because we brought one was, but we brought it up, and we constantly bring it up as this is the scene with the roper. Mm-hmm. I mean, that stood out to me, because ironically... That, that con- stood out to me, too, but for other reasons. <laughs> because, for, because I always try Abandonment. to play scenarios in my head ahead of time, you know, like, if he comes across a situation like this, how would he handle it type of thing? And that kind of almost played out to a T of mm-hmm. how I thought something like that might encounter. And it was a good character arcing moment for him as well. Um, I also liked, I mean, I write just because it was recent. I really liked the last session where he took that. What was the what was the official name of the creature? The the he was kind of like a he was the kind of the, the monk, keeper. Yeah, the keeper. Oh, I mean, he was yeah, just a homebrew creature. He's an undead. But other than that, he was. But you a, gave him a full name. It was something keeper. Uh, he was a chamber keeper. Torres, yeah. the chamber, it was Torres the chamber keeper. Yeah. And he is... How do I put it? He's a corrupted ghoul that was powered by uh, a very specific necrotic influence. Mm-hmm. And that's why his... Are we talking about that or are you talking about the sorcerer and the bony wyvern? 
I thought that's who, the, the sorcerer of the bunny wire. I thought that's no, who. That's the next one. Keeper was the one that was the room where you were behind the bars. That was the lantern that he had. Then I turned into an ape to fight. Got it. Yeah, that was So I'm talking about the guy after that one. You don't know who the sorcerer was. Oh, no, that's why I was asking which one he was talking about. Yeah. Because I like. That was a great scene because you fought, you teleported to him in the air and brought him down. That was That was like, that was an Assassin's Creed kind of Because in my in my moment, in my head, when you said that he lost the ability to fly, I thought of it as he caught him around the ankle with the sickle and brought that fucker down mm-hmm. and then just slammed him into the ground. Oh, um, yeah. That's but, gonna happen. But yeah, teleported up there, got those swipes in, and then brought him down with him. Yeah. Because he's still, he because now he's learning that ability with that ring that he has, mm-hmm. uh, being able to teleport. and it Gives you a lot more movement. Exactly. Like you get more options. Right. And so I, I think those are probably the two biggest ones that I think stand out to me, the ones I like to play out. Um, I feel like, and I don't know if you guys feel the same way, I feel like at least every few episodes, there's always at least one person that shines yes, during that episode. I mm-hmm. And I think all of us kind of have that moment. We all have like, a moment. Like somebody was the MVP of that episode or something. Who killed the chamber keeper? Who killed Torres? I think I did. I think so. No, it wasn't you. because no, you were focusing you on were, the door. You were too busy. I think it might have been... Brackus? I think it was Brackus. Because I thought I got, because yeah. I thought you guys wore wore him it down, was. but then I but then I shot him and so I took the last shot. It was Brackus with uh, you got one of the other with guys. a um, a smite. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. He did it. He was vulnerable to radiant, so he crushed and him. He with was that smite. exhausted and angry because he wanted to nap. Just wanted to heal up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was But you're right. I think that's what I really like about the group size and everything is that. Everybody has time to, to shine in, in whatever moment they yeah. make, you know? And there is, tends to be an MVP right. of the session. And I think that's fun that it's rotating. It, yeah. It, it if it was the same balanced. person every time, I think everyone would start to get a little mm-hmm. frustrated. It doesn't feel forced. You know, yeah. It feels very natural well, and in it the feels surrounding. Like if, if it wasn't rotating, then you'd feel underpowered, <laughs> you know? considering frustrated I've... because you have to heal all the time? No. Okay. Well, that... considering I've given you guys a lot of Not capabilities, yeah. it should be fairly unbalanced. Mm. But I've done a good job kind of pulling the strings. Oh, know? I thought we were fucked facing a sorcerer and a wyvern. I'm like, oh, we're going to die in this room. I we're mean, all going to die in this I room. I did die. <laughs> uh, no, you didn't. You were unconscious and you were fine. I got you back up. <laughs> you were fine. You just closed your eyes you for a second. You take 65 points of cold damage. Excuse me, baby. You lightning. fell asleep on the job. That was lightning. God. You fell asleep on the job and I had to wake your ass back up. <laughs> you gave her fuck our energy. No. I did not. <laughs> <laughs> no. She gave me a freaking uh adrenaline shot. I gave you I did yeah. the Batman adrenaline shot. Yeah. The <gasps> fucking chest. I just thought of one more to answer that question. There was a third one that just came to mind for me, and it happened by accident. So the very first part of the campaign where we were in the cop with we were in the goblin cave. Yeah. And to cause a distraction, I was Casting a minor illusion of a dead goblin floating through the caverns. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Little did I know that they actually feared something. A Neil Bog. Yeah, you, that was so thematically perfect. Like, it was perfect and for me. Because I was like, oh, shit, there's this, there is this thing. You just basically tricked them. Yeah. But you didn't know I it. didn't know that. And I was yeah. like, oh. Because that was and a nice little mystery for you guys. Yep. Sort of. There was also at the... With all the the goblins and stuff, with the bard, you and I got to him for the death kill, and I had him, and you were literally holding him down. Yep. 
so I could either let him go or kill him, and I just... It's very Don't Count Dooku'd him. That's very Twilight Do Breaking Dawn-esque. With <laughs> when uh, Bella and Edward took out... I believe it was Arrow. I was thinking more like Count Dooku. <laughs> it still works. I'm saying just the two of you together. Yeah. Because Do did Obi-Wan really do anything Do during it. that second fight? You look good. Do it. <laughs> yeah. Cheers, I'll drink to that, bro. Nice. But I think some of my favorite <laughs> things weren't even like combat. It was falling out of the waterfall. Oh, yeah. It was... Um, the silly moments. It, it's just <laughs> stupid shit like that. That's what that makes made a D campaign. Laugh, yeah, you know because it 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 was a really like interesting sticking point for characters. Like I fucking hit that water and I'm like, just yeah. let me die because ow, I hit it first and everyone landed on me and Brack is just like, oh fuck. Well, and not to <laughs> not ball your ass. not meaning to bring up Strahd again, but that's why I started recording because. Y'all started doing dumb shit with yes. your monologue about the feather. Your monologue about the <laughs> feather. You die because you're a fucking dumbass. Um, I took a step. That's all I did. I died for it. You getting very upset about the tiger rug and stuffing it. <laughs> that was great. I forgot about that. Right. Yeah. Man, I, w- they, I wish you'd recorded that episode. That's so I wish I recorded the... I wish I was yeah. recording from the beginning because yeah. then I would have gotten my fucking dragon porn and was getting... Beaten up by a broomstick. Beaten to shit by a broom. Yeah. We all were... Like, there were five of us in that makes, room, and we all got beat to shit. That's what makes <laughs> D&D great, though. It's oh, like my God. That the was, dumb stuff that happens We that were in Catholic enjoy. school, and that was the nun's weapon. It, like, like we, yeah. they were hitting us with a ruler. There's a baby. Yeah, baby's been licking my toes. Gross. Um, but yeah, it's always just that, that little stuff. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's, it, it's, it's the case. It's, it's natural. Yeah, it doesn't feel forced or staged or anything. It just kind of happens as it does. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or is Zach, uh, Dr. Bloodsouls, sending us a meme about oh, goblins. goblins. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll kill it, don't you Do dare. You? That's, that's why I have he that. Oh, it no, it's a goblin. <laughs> he sent it to me first and I almost peed. In the middle of like a serious role play. <laughs> That yeah. was like very like heartening. Can we just I agree that you and your purple? Can we just agree that favors the Sam Regal of the group? Always looking to cause chaos. Yes. Gonna have to beep that out. Oh, well. Sometimes yes. Oh my gosh! Just oh shit! Yeah. Oh well. I'm trying to think who we all are with that group. There's not exactly that group. Joe is Travis. <laughs> Okay. Can't stop playing with the cat. Yeah, he's Liam. Liam, you're Liam. Yeah. Um, my boy. <laughs> what are we? You and I are. She's Laura. Yeah. She's. Oh, Laura. Sometimes I feel like I'm Ashley, and sometimes I feel like I'm Sam. You're not Sam. No. Um, you're Marisha. You just want really. You're Marisha. Yeah, especially with the way you place the throne stuff. My my inspiration is Beauregard. Yeah. My inspiration was ruin my voice so I can fucking just get that low pitch. I would say I would say he's Tal. Oh yeah, you're Tal. Because of his natural creativity. Okay. Yeah, Yeah, that works. That makes sense. His natural creativity. You're just you're always on a whim. Yeah, no, you're Tal. Hundred percent. 
I'll take that. that, that just that's good. I'm just I'm just the Why best. are you so mean? Why to is me? you so mean to me? <laughs> we are new friends. Oh. <laughs> you asked me my name. Okay. <laughs> Ladies first. <laughs> oh, we're gonna start with you! <laughs> Come correct or get corrected. Yeah. <laughs> Do you guys have any other uh questions? Were you able to find that train? Yeah, that, that I already asked about it. Okay. Um, Run away, train, never going back. Who do you think, going forward, assuming what you know now, and obviously you haven't played what's in the future? Maple, what's your question? Who do you think is going is going to be like your closest friend or or individual in the campaign? You have to say it. I was no, I'm, I'm, I'm starting because I'm kind of far away. Uh, I would say Echo. Why? I would say Echo because in his eyes, you are the most relatable to how he was when he was that young. And I, again, in the last session, he kind of had that... Hoarder, got it. Yeah. Well, so I was... <laughs> Not the mischie- mischievous nature between Ooh, you sorry. and Ragus? No. Because uh, it's kind of died off. Yeah, I mean, there's it's still it's still there, but I think that it's just he's he views Echo. She's very similar to how his sister was when they were growing up together. And that's the second person that's called you a little sister during these deep dives. Brackus was the first. Yeah. But, I mean, and, and the, the little sister, big brother, uh, trope <laughs> interaction grew this last one when I was the ape and I collected coins yeah. and just walked him over to him. And like, Here you go, because I, I feel bad that he's not feeling good. He's like, okay, I'll keep them for you since you don't have pockets. And I'm like, I can't fucking speak to tell you it's a present. I felt like a toddler. <laughs> I think it's it's also the, the admiration of she's able, she's able to take care of herself. Like, I, it's it. Yeah. Not necessarily a sense of protection, but it's he wants to look out for her, but he knows that she's fucking capable. And so if we have to split up, you won't be worried. Exactly. And so that's, I think that's kind of why he feels, if you're going to ask the question, who, who could he feel bonding the most with? It'd be her. It'd be Echo. Well, this last session would have really fucked him up then. You know what I was thinking? This is the, this is the first time that well, she's, that's why he tri- she's yeah, got he got, out. That's why he got triggered. So this is what I pictured when I said that. You know how in anime sometimes we're like, a character when they go into a dark mode, it's like hair over the eyes, <laughs> shadow type thing. Anime boy. Yeah, that's what I was thinking yeah, of. Yeah, yeah. Like when in that moment, right? So she would yeah, look yeah. over, and that's what she would see. Like yeah, he's well, she he's gone. Out. Yeah. <laughs> you were asleep. I wasn't worried. <laughs> I got electrocuted. Everyone else was worried. I wasn't. <laughs> I literally sat there. I was like, "Yeah, she'll be fine. I'll get her up in a minute." Ironically, like to flip the question, who that was almost kind of my own question here. Who would be the most? Who could potentially cause the biggest problem for him? And I think my answer for that would be Sithril, <laughs> because Sithril already still has that concern about him. She's still uncertain, despite everything else. Sithril also does what she wants when she wants. Right, and so she's a detriment to herself. Even in the last I, session, I, I she's suicidal, man. Maybe, like, leave her be. <laughs> Just let her die. I think Lingvi might be. Could be. Because if he starts to see you get some of the power, his own patron might... But that also goes back to me saying that he's our fucking silent assassin, and in reality, we shouldn't trust him. not silent as shit. No, 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 no,
oh hey guys, I don't know if we should be going. He's the Yugi. He's the Yugi. He's the Yugi Tiyami. Yeah, to to like NPCs and people. <laughs> not in the party, but to like people that you guys are just meeting. He's unsuspecting. So right? I said yes. It. I, yeah. <laughs> no, really. Okay. I don't want to sleep with you. Dangerous like yummy's another choice. Yeah, yummy's yummy's the choice. Yummy's yummy. We're getting dangerously close here with yummy. all the Japanese <laughs> anime references and then the brother sister situation. No, it's a thin line to yep. being no, bad. All right, we're going to go watch you. Yeah, I'm talking about no. Pegasus is Pharaoh. Oh, yeah, no, that's correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're going to go watch you after this. Actually, I should find oh, out we, where we should. We should do the the sub version because dub cut out so much. Yeah, we don't talk about the dub. Did you have, like, even, did you have another follow up question to go with that one? <laughs> uh, I don't think so. I think. If Leo. Was an anime. No. <laughs> Which anime? Would yeah, what anime would Leo be? What early two thousands, late nineties? He didn't watch a lot of anime at that time. Um, you gotta give him based on what you, based on what you showed me, um, uh, what's the guy's name? The the butler's name for Black Butler. Oh, oh Sebastian. Sebastian. That would be Sebastian. No, I think no, I think he's um uh Grell. Grell. Grell is the super gay um, <laughs> uh, reaper that's the in. The one with the scythe? Yeah. yeah the one with the that's Grell, the because he's like, I want to fuck you, but I'm going to beat the shit out of you first. That's really messed up. I love Grell. Grell's amazing. He's I, one of my favorite I, characters. I, I, the, the question was, who would Leo be, dear? Not who you like the most on that show. No, it's still, it's still Sebastian. Sebastian's yes. still the best character in that whole show. <laughs> I want to go watch that again. Oh, God. Stay on task. <laughs> I've had wine and I have untreated ADHD. That's not happening ever. Yeah, the whole podcast is just ADHD. Tangents. That's why we what when, did we when, say that we were going to rename ADHD it ADHD and D. That's it. If, if Leo could be an animal, would he be a panda or a lion? Yeah, but I was going <laughs> to ask that. Would he be a panda or a lion? Coach, I'd rather just be me. <laughs> That's extremely healthy. Ironically, I uh, think you realize how psychologically healthy that is. I think uh, he'd be a panda because pandas are unpredictable. Pandas are sweet, fluffy babies. So you think? They're sweet, they fluffy. Yeah, they could be both. I do. But also, when they they're finally got recording of wild pandas having sex. They yeah. were horrifying. Yeah. They're yeah. not sweet. I was alive. I was eleven years old when I saw that the first time. What? Yes, there was a documentary on. All right. Uh, so. Thanks for joining us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, Lilio. Do I have? Oh God, we. I have to do bad joke corner. Uh, that's how we opened it with those. No, Lilio. no, 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 no. She always needs a the year. She always trying to cut no. it. All right. Well, out. goodbye, everyone. Thank you for joining us, Jared. Thank hey, you for joining so, us. Thank you for uh, why don't oysters donate to charity? <laughs> They're selfish. They're shellfish. No, they're shellfish. Get it right. Um, let's see. Why are colds bad criminals? Because they're easy to catch. Wow. Okay. Okay. Wait, so, I, get I get three. I always get three. Why do you get three? Because I've always done three. Uh, let's see. What do you call a fly without wings? A lamb. A walk. A walk. Uh, Boo. Boo. 
Okay. Well, thank you all for listening. <gasps> I have a Leo joke. Oh, go for it. All right. Leonardo DiCaprio says, Oh, hold no. My, hold my beer. Leo's girlfriend says, but I'll get arrested. Boom! <laughs> and that's how we end this episode. Fuck. Said he could be a misogynist, yes. so. That was on Fuck. you, buddy. That was on you, buddy. Ah, fire. All right. Well, thanks Ooh. for tuning in. <laughs> and we hope that you listen <laughs> next time. That's it. I'm not going. And we'll see y'all later. Bye. Bye. Bye.